Genesis Church Podcast. Well, good morning, Genesis. How are you this morning? Are you good? Can you welcome everybody watching online? I'll tell you what, if you're watching online, we got a packed house today. So good to see all of you. Um, today's special in our home, and um, I'm going to kind of take just a moment. Today's special in our home. Today, my mom turns 80-something. So, 87 today. She's 87 years old today. And uh, so normally we celebrate with a big Super Bowl party, but um, I guess that'll have to wait till next week. But uh, happy birthday. She chose to be at church. kind of crazy to think 87 years, right? 87 years. Is anybody in this room older than 87? Mr. Ricketts, how old are you? 89. Wow. Hold right here. How old are you? 89. Man. Can you imagine all the things they've seen in 89 years? 87 years? I mean, it's just crazy to think. Crazy. One of the things that, um, that I've seen in my years, and I remember in my short years on this planet, um, they always took me to church, my, my mom and dad. And uh, there was a little song that we always sung. And uh, if you didn't grow up in church, you might not know this. If you did, if you, uh, if you remember it, just kind of smile or help me because I'm not on the worship team. But um, remember the little song? This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little. Oh, louder. Come on, you can do it. Let them hear you online. Oh, isn't that good? How many, of you, how many of you have never heard that song before, ever? You've never heard it. Yeah, that's awesome. The kids over here are like, what is going on? Um, you know, growing up, you, yeah, we sang that song. You know, we did the little. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine, right? I mean, it was one of those songs that we always sang growing up. It was kind of a cool song. Not really, but it was memorable. <laughs> Had a good point to the song. Um, you know, for those of you that maybe you've, you've heard that song, maybe you haven't. Most of us have heard the term, you know, as a believer, as someone that follows Christ, as, as someone that has a relationship with Jesus, it's let your light shine. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. And you know, that song and that statement, those, those, those statements that we've heard growing up, um, they're biblical. They, they come from the Bible. And uh, you're the light of the world. You ever heard people say that? You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Growing up, those are things that I heard all the time. And it comes out of a verse in Matthew chapter 5. And, and I want to read this to you. And it, it says this. It says, you are the light of the world. I mean, it's, it's straight from the word of God. It says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. And then I love this. This is verse 16 right here. It says, in the same way, in the same way. It says, let your light shine, to let it shine before others that they may see your good deeds, and I love this is the best, and glorify your Father in heaven. We started a series a couple weeks ago, a season we like to call them around here, called Lace Them Up, where we're lacing them up this year. We're going to go into all the world, starting in our own city. And we're going to let our light shine. 
Let our light shine. You know, for a lot of us, it's, that's an exciting thing. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a charge for us to do it. But as I was preparing to, to talk this morning, I was thinking to myself this past week, and I was going through some things, and it's like, for some of us, that's exciting, but for some of us, that, that's, a, that's not exciting. That's a scary thing. Some of us, when you hear the word, let your light shine, or you are the light of the world, for some of us, if we were honest, we'd think, you know what, that's a scary statement. And you know, many people think, many people think that, 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 that they don't want their light to shine because in reality, it scares them. And many people think people won't like what they see in me if I let my light shine. A lot of people are, are trapped and handcuffed because of things maybe in their past that they've done. Maybe some skeletons in the closet as people say. And so when you say, and when we get up here and say, lace them up, let your light shine, you are the light of the world. Some of us inside, not on the outside, but on the inside, we begin to retreat. And some of us, if we were honest, we are living in the shadows of our life because of some of the decisions that we've made in our past. So some people think that that I can't let my light shine because people won't like what they see. Other people think this. Many people don't want to see. So it's like, like there's some people that they, they can't, but there's a lot of people, if I let my light shine, if I step out of the shadows and into the light, people aren't going to want to see my mess. I, I, I can't let my light shine because people don't want to see all my issues. How many of you know we all have issues? If you don't think you have issues, that's your issue. We all have issues. We all have baggage. My family, we just got back from a, a trip to California. Our first time traveling across the country as a family of four. Let me tell you something. We had us some baggage. You know the greatest part of a trip traveling with a family of four? checking your baggage. I mean, I stand at the back of the car and I'm loading all these things and I'm like, are we moving there? <laughs> like it's five days. And you look at your baggage and I look at our baggage in the back of the vehicle and I'm thinking, they're going to judge me when I get to the airport. So I say over and over to the guy that takes my bags at the curb, it's a family of four. <laughs> Maybe seven, I don't know. But there's just a good feeling when that guy takes your bags from you, right? And you just walk to the gate, just free. Some of us, we live our life like that, but yet we're not handing our bags to anyone. So we're carrying that. And we don't want people to see that. So we stay in the shadows because we don't think people want to see our baggage and our brokenness. Some of us are so broken that when we stand up and say, lace them up, this year we're going to lace them up, we're going to let our light shine, we're going to get out there, you're thinking, I can't because I'm broken. God can't use me because I'm broken. And you know, on the outside, you don't say that. You smile, you nod, you say, I'm going to sign up for that. 
and then you never do. We have growth track today. PJ talked about it. It's an opportunity for you to to join our church, to hear about what we do. And the greatest thing about it is at the end, you get to eat with our staff and talk about areas where you can dive in and serve. And it's, 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 and some of you are sitting here going, oh yeah, I'll do that. I'm not going to that. I can't serve. I'm broken. I can't be used. I'm broken. I can't talk to people. I'm broken. I have too much baggage. I'm a mess. Many people also think that they don't want their light to shine because at the end of the day, it will expose the truth. Expose the truth about who they are. And so many of you right now, the truth is you don't think you're worthy. The truth is you don't think you're good enough. Your truth on the inside, not the outside. The outside, you're smiling and waving. But on the inside, your truth is broken. And you feel like God can't use me. God can't use me. And so you decide to live your life in the shadows. And God did not call us to live in the shadows. From the oldest, 89, to the youngest. It don't matter what age. God does not call you to live in the shadows. He says, let your light shine. But for some of us, we're fine on the outside. But if you truly look at our soul, there's holes. And it's because of the way that our soul feels, we can't, we don't feel like God can use us. Tim and I grew up at a church we talk about a lot. And the founding pastor of that church was a man by the name of Dr. Jerry Falwell, who was a dear friend to our family. And, um, he was a larger-than-life character, um, larger-than-life. I mean, you cannot describe it. He was just a larger-than-life character. He means so much to my family, and um, I'll never forget as a child growing up under his, his ministry. Um, it, it, was, it was just cool. He'd get in the weeds with everybody. You know, he'd go to the sporting events. He'd, he'd go to the football games, the basketball game. He was the biggest kid you've ever met in your life. And one time, our basketball team at Liberty, when I was a kid, won a game we weren't supposed to win. And it was awesome. It was an up-and-coming school, up-and-coming sports team. And it got so excited in the auditorium, in the, in the arena, that they literally take Dr. Falwell, who was 300-plus pounds, and he begins the crowd surf. And they carried him up, this 9,000 seats. They carried him up. I mean, he ain't a small dude up this place. And I'll never forget, I thought it was amazing. As a kid, I didn't understand, you know, like all this stuff. But, but I found this picture, and it's a little grainy, but this is what I want you to point out. I don't know if you can see it on the big screens, you can see it on this screen. But the thing that made the news was not the fact he was crowd surfing. The thing that made the news is that in the bottom of his shoes were holes. You see that? Here's Here's a pastor, a leader, a visionary in charge of the largest Christian university, and he walking around with holy shoes. The newspaper printed it. It was like, how does he have holes in his shoes? And if you can literally see that hole on this side, he fixing to get another one. So over the next couple weeks, 
guess what began to show up to his office? (laughs) People thought they'd be funny, so they started buying him shoes, and he got stacks and boxes of shoes. So at church the next Sunday, he came up with a couple of these boxes. As a kid, I'll never forget it. And he, he said, listen, ain't nothing wrong with my shoes. Yeah, they got some holes in them, but I can still do what God's called me to do with holy shoes. And it's funny because looking on the top side, you would have never known. But on the bottom, they were broken. They were used. You know what that means? That means he was using those shoes. It means he was walking in those shoes. He started the church, Thomas R. Baptist Church, by walking door to door and knocking on 100 doors a day. So when you look at these shoes, they are broken. They are worn in, but they are still being used by God. And I'll never forget looking at this picture and thinking, you know what? He don't need no new shoes. Because those shoes are doing just fine. Some of us in our lives, we have broken souls. We have holes in our souls, and we feel like God cannot use us. And I'm here to tell you today, your holes in your souls can be used by God. We've got so many excuses about why we can and why we can't. And this is what happens. I told you how many people think. This is the problem. The problem is very simple. The problem is this. When we think that way, it creates an avenue for Satan to accuse and manipulate you into thinking you are too broken to shine. You have got too much dirt to shine. You are too different to shine. And that goes completely against what God says. That goes completely against the truth. And if we're not careful, it's in the dark areas of our lives where we hang out. That's where fear resides. And it's where our emotions and our intellect, if we're not careful, in the shadows, in the dark places, If we're not careful, it will outweigh our faith. And I don't know who I'm supposed to encourage this morning, but I want to encourage you and say this. God can use brokenness. God can use it. He's done it over. Some of you feel so broken. You're thinking, let your light shine. I don't have a light to shine. He can't use me because of my mess, my baggage. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning, I don't know who it is, but this morning God wants to use you in a way he's never used you. You need to step out of the shadows shadows, and let your light so shine. There's a story in the book of Judges. I don't have time to go over the whole thing, but there's a story in the book of Judges that I want to share with you this morning. And it's very important. It's a, it's a cool story, but it shows me the simple fact that Jesus wants our light to shine. He wants us to let our light shine. And in this this story in the book of Judges, you have a man by the name of Gideon. And I encourage you, don't just take my word for it. Mark it in your Bible app or mark it in your Bible. Go read it today. Judges chapter 7. Read the whole thing. But you have a man by the name of Gideon. Gideon is getting ready to go to battle versus the Midianite army. He's got thousands of people in his army, but he's, he's not able to take them. And so he windles them down through a series of tests to 300 men to go against this Midianite army of, of thousands. God says, you're going to take these 300 and you're going to defeat them. And it's not possible. And how would it be possible? And, and I don't know what's going to be like and, and all of these things. And, and you can imagine Gideon thinking, they've got thousands. I've got 300. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? But God had a plan. 
God sent Gideon down and he overheard a conversation that gave Gideon a little bit of courage. And so after he heard this conversation, he got some courage and he literally goes back and he says, okay, it's time. And I want to read this in Judges chapter 7, uh, verse 16. It simply says this. It says he's already divided the 300 men, but he divided them into three companies. And in the hands of these men, he, did, this is, he didn't place anything except these things. He placed the trumpet, not a sword, a trumpet. He placed an empty jar in the hands of all of them, and inside that empty jar, they took a torch and they put it in the jar because it was going to be a sneak attack. And so here these men go to battle. They go to war with a trumpet and an empty jar with a torch. And Gideon told them, he said, listen, when I tell you, this is what I want you to do. And in verse 19, it says, Gideon and a hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. It's dark outside, completely pitch black, just after they had changed guard. And this is what they did. They blew their trumpets and they broke the jars that were in their hands. When they broke the jars, it exposed the light. When they heard the trumpets and they saw the light, the people in the Midianite army lost their ever-loving minds and started killing each other. And God delivered that army into the hands of Gideon. And I remember reading that story, and I began to think of some things about how God uses broken things, how God wants them to do certain things, and how God had a plan all along for Gideon and his army. And this is what I said, that in order for the lamp to shine, you must break the vessel. If they would not have broken the vessel, the light would never have shown. If the pitcher remains unbroken, the light remains hidden. But if you break this vessel, the light will shine. And I begin to understand how God has linked light to brokenness. God has taken light and he has literally entwined it and tied it to brokenness. And the more that I read this and the more that I thought through this, the more that I realized that God blesses broken things. The army would not have been successful if they were not broken. God doesn't want fixed up people. He wants broken vessels. And some of you, you're walking around thinking, God can't use me because I'm broken. And God only wants to use you because you're broken. God blesses broken things. Look at these things. God blesses broken dreams. God blesses broken marriages. God can't use me. I, I come from a broken home. Let me tell you something. God can take a broken home and allow the light to shine through it. God can bless your broken marriage. God can bless those things. God can bless broken hearts, broken dads. There's so many dads that, that are here this morning that are watching online. And right now, you are living in the shadow on the inside. Because of the past and decisions that you've made. You are not leading your family the way that you should be leading your family because you are broken and feel like I've done too much. God can't use me. And I'm here to tell you this morning, Dad, God can use you if you're broken. God wants to use you because you're broken. Step out of the shadows. Let your light shine. Moms, 
Broken moms. Moms that feel bruised and battered emotionally. God can't use me. I'm telling you this morning, mom, God wants to use you. His desire is to shine his light through your broken vessel. But you've got to allow him. I love what it says. It says, let your light shine. Let means allow. You have got to allow your light to shine. You have to allow it. Those soldiers, when they walked up with that jar, if they did not actively break it, their light would have not shone. You've got to allow God to use you. God blesses broken things. Moms, dads, young men, young women. God blesses, blesses broken lives. I know some of you out here, the stories that you've walked through and gone through. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to bless your broken life. If you allow him to. You have to allow him to. It's kind of crazy. Um, this goes against like everything that we're used to in our life. I mean, think about this for a moment. When things break, we throw them away. My son is, is amazing, but he's like the Tasmanian devil. He breaks things. I mean, literally, he breaks things. Just he, 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 he goes so hard, and he doesn't do it on purpose, but he's just, he just breaks things. He's so intense. He doesn't do it out of anger. He just does it out of playing. But as soon as it breaks, you know what he does? He comes over to me, and he says, Dad, here, this is broken. Get rid of it. I want a new one. I'm like, well, can we fix it? I don't want to fix it, Dad. I want a new one. Well, let's try to fix it, Dad. Dad, it'll just break again. I want a new one. I mean, that's how we think. It's, yeah, he's five, but some of you, that's how y'all are. If it breaks, we just get rid of it. I mean, we, we, we try to fix it, but if we can't fix it, or if it's not the way that it's, we just get, that's, what, that's how we're, we're conditioned as a society. Broken things are useless. You don't want broken things. That's like when we, when we have to, when we have the opportunity to give to our, friend, our homeless friends on the street, you know? It's like, oh, we need to give them blankets. They don't want a broken, holy, gnarly blanket. We throw that stuff away. We get new. And so we've been accustomed in our mind to think that only new things have value. But the Bible teaches us that value comes in the brokenness. It's not until you're broken that you truly find the value that God has in you. Because broken vessels allow light to shine through. God blesses brokenness. I think it's funny because what, a lot of times what we call trash, God looks at and says, it's a treasure. And some of you, that's your life. Not on the outside. You put on a good front on the outside. But on the inside, you feel like trash. And God's looking at you and he's saying, you're not trash, you're treasure." Your treasure. I heard somebody say that God cannot use us until we are broken. 
And so this, this past week, I was all these things, and I know this is a lot just throwing at you, but, but all these things in my mind were just, there's so many broken people. The last three years have felt like an eternity. The last two years have felt like decades. And there are so many broken people, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Brokenness is running rampant through our society. But what it's doing is it's pushing people into the shadows instead of pulling them into the light. And what I want to do at Genesis Church, what we want to do at Genesis Church, is we want to take the brokenness and step out of the shadows and step into the light. And so this morning, I just want to share with you three things really quick about brokenness, three truths about brokenness. The first one is this. This is the principle of brokenness. See, brokenness is the process You understand that word? Process. It's the process where God brings us to the end of ourselves and into total trust, love, and submission towards him. That's what brokenness is. What does the Bible say? Lean not on your own understanding. Brokenness is when we get to the point where we are so broken that we have no other option but to rely on him. And it's when we put our faith and our trust into him and on him that he takes the light and he shines it through us. Don't run from the brokenness. Embrace your brokenness. The area in your life where you feel the most mess, the most ashamed, and allow God to use you to take that light and to shine through you. The second thing is the pain of brokenness. The pain. God uses pain and or trials to produce brokenness. I love what it says in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says, Consider what pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. How in the world is it joyful? Why can I have joy in the face of trials? Because I know that the trials is what breaks me. And when I am broken, I can be used. I love it says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Some of you are so broken, you feel like you have nothing. And in reality, it's when you are totally broken that you'd lack nothing. You lack nothing. I was going through some some scripture and some stories in the Bible. And and I, I began to point out in my own brain, how God has used every asset at his disposal in the Bible to break different people. For example, Job, God used Satan to break him. David, he used sin and bad decisions to break him. Moses, he used silence. Jacob, he used solitude. Jonah, he used suffering. See, God will use everything at his disposal to break you to the point where you have to rely totally on him. And it's at that point that you have to choose, and I've said it numerous times standing right here, that the pain in your past can either be your prison or it can be your platform. And this week I wanted to word it a little different because I believe that the pain that you are carrying right now may actually be a gift from God. Think about that. The pain that you're experiencing right now emotionally, Physically, spiritually, that pain 
What if we looked at the brokenness and we looked at the pain and we thought, you know what? This is God's gift to me. This is how God's going to use me. Instead of running from our pain, instead of running from the brokenness, instead of hiding in the shadows, what if we took a step forward into the light and we said the pain that I'm feeling right now is actually a gift from my God. And it's at that point that God will begin to use you when you put your faith and your trust and your dependence on him. And it brings me to the last one. The purpose of brokenness. Johnny's going to be so proud of me because I started with a song and I'm going to end with a song. There was this song that we used to sing in youth group. It's called My Life is in You. In You, I think was the title. It says this, my life is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. My hope is in you, Lord. It's in you, it's in you. How many of you heard that song? See, that's the purpose of brokenness. Where you can say that my life, God, it's in you. It's not in my surroundings. It's not in my past. It's not in my problems. God, it's my brokenness that puts my life in your hands. God, it's my, my, my weakness. When I feel like I am not good enough, God, it's my strength that is in you. God, when I've lost all hope in my life, and I feel like I can't do it anymore. God, it's my hope that is in you. And this morning, I want to tell somebody in this room that there is value in your brokenness. That this week, God wants to use your brokenness. There's value in that. Um... Lace them up. Shoes, work boots, tennis shoes, high heels. I don't know. They don't have laces, but some of them might. I don't know. I was thinking about shoes this past week, and um, I love Jordans. And uh, there was a pair of, of Jordans. They were actually the Jordan Sixes. And this shoe came out in 1991. The original value of this shoe was $125 in 1991. Today, if you get that shoe new, which you can buy it new, the value on this shoe in 2022 is $350. The same shoe. Brand new. Not worn. Not broken. Not sweated in. This is a basketball shoe. 125 to 350. I got a text message from Pastor Tim this week. He was with a pastor cohort in LA. He sent me a picture of these shoes in this jersey. These shoes have been worn. They've been broken in. You can see on them Literally, the wear and the tear. These shoes were worn by Michael Jordan himself in the 1991 NBA championship, his first, where they beat the LA Lakers. This shoe, the $125 shoe that you can now buy for 350 bucks. This is it. 
Except for because this was worn in, broken in, and used, it was just sold at auction for $1.4 million. Tell me there's no value in brokenness. Some of y'all are thinking, who in the world? <laughs> Not me. But it shows you there's value in brokenness. And if there's value on a tennis shoe that has been broken, how much more value is there on you? My life, it's in you, Lord. My hope is in you. My strength is in you. Brokenness does not disqualify you from letting your light shine. It, brokenness is what is needed to let your light shine. Let's lace them up. The broken, the weary. I may be battered. I may be bruised. But God's going to use my shoes. Let's lace them up. Would you pray with me? Dear God, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for total dependence on you. God, we thank you that you use our brokenness for blessing. God, those in this room that this morning, God, they're broken, they're battered, they're and they're bruised. God, I pray that they will step out of the shadows and into the light. God, I pray that together we will accomplish more than we'll ever accomplish by ourselves. And God, that we will be known as a church that locks arms as broken people, as broken vessels, to share your light. God, may we never hide it under a bushel. No. God, we're going to let it shine. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning into the Genesis Church Podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you want to connect more with Genesis Church, you can find all of our information at www.genesischurchorlando.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando.